live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Man, there's an awful lot to process from yesterday in the NFL. However, nobody's head is spinning this morning like Niner fans' head is spinning this morning. Essentially, yesterday, Niner fan experienced roughly the NFL equivalent of scoring a massive goal while getting blasted in the package, suffering a pelvic contusion. I mean, it's really a very good analogy, if you ask me. Tough one for Team USA, but again, we will have more on that with USMNT starting defender Walker Zimmerman later on this hour. But for right now, I'm talking about the 49ers because San Fran managed one of the best wins of the NFL season in beating Miami. Great win. Great, great win for them. In fact, it was their fifth straight dub. The defense is absolutely dominant. The rest of the team is coming together. In fact, they look like they're only scratching the surface of what they could be. So many weapons offensively. And Jimmy G playing better and better. But all that said, you wouldn't know any of that this morning. Not talking to Niner fan because, well, because of the blast in the package. And by that, I mean Jimmy G. Another injury for Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. not only another injury, but a season-ending injury to Jimmy G. This dude might be a guy with some of the worst injury luck ever. The guy with some of the worst injury luck ever suffering some more of the worst injury luck ever because the Niners look ready to make an enormous run. And then Jimmy... Broke his foot, so he's done for the year, and now they might have to make a run, maybe, with Mr. Irrelevant, which is not a diss. It's literal. The Niners are now turning, at least it would seem, to the last pick, the final pick, i.e. Mr. Irrelevant, from the April draft. Pick number 262, the ninth quarterback selected, Mr. Irrelevant himself, Brock Purdy. No team has ever had to turn to a Mr. Irrelevant in a spot like this. Now, the good news is, Niner fan, guy played. The guy played some, didn't he? I would say the moment did not seem too big. The stage did not seem too big. He handled himself. Like I said, that was a really nice win for them. However, there is a reason Mr. Irrelevant was Mr. Irrelevant. There's a reason why he was the final player taken in the draft. You know, fact of the matter is, he can do some things, and then there's certain things he can't do. Now, he can't spin it, but I will say this. What's different about him, as opposed to Garoppolo, never mind Garoppolo going to a couple of championship games and the Super Bowl, this guy can get out and move around a little bit. This guy can get out and show a little athleticism. But still, nobody in the Bay thought, that their season, a potential Super Bowl season. Remember, they went all in when they made that deal for Christian McCaffrey. They were taking their big swing. They were looking to win right now. When they made that move, I don't think anybody thought that they would hand the keys over to Mr. Irrelevant at some point. And losing Jimmy G again shook pretty much everybody up. You saw Kyle Shanahan after the game. He seemed like he was pretty emotional. Not only that, Debo, straight up emotional after the game. Everybody kind of break my heart, you know. Um, everything Jimmy's been through this all season, not knowing he coming back, and then um, just coming back and just making the best out of every opportunity he get, and then just it kind of shocked me when he went down because you know um, Jimmy's a soldier, so um, he's fought through everything that came up possible. But uh, sadly, you know, um, season hinge injury, so you know, just keep Jimmy in our press. You don't hear guys talk about teammates who go down like that very often like you never want to see it and it hurts every single time but they're so accustomed to it but I've meant I've made this point so many times on this show because I've talked to so many 49ers all the guys in that locker room love him it's the people outside the 49ers locker room that always have their concerns or questions about Jimmy G but inside that locker room they love that guy love him so it's rough in fact there's no other way to say it it's brutal for the Niners brutal for Jimmy G, brutal for Lobster Jr. 
That dude was finally getting things all the way back on track from that last catastrophic QB injury. And now they've got to reset and do it all over again. Now, you want crazy. All right, that'll happen. That's football. There's a 100% injury rate in the NFL. We know this, but you want crazy because who doesn't love crazy? This is absolutely incredible. If Mr. Irrelevant keeps holding his own, how crazy would it be if the 262nd pick were to get backed up by the first overall pick? I mean, that would be one of the most amazing things ever. And it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying it can happen. Let me repeat that. How wild would it be if the 262nd pick overall was backed up by the first overall pick? Go crazy now. Baker Mayfield has been released officially by the Panthers. I'm going to bleep them up. So if you're the 49ers, would you have an interest in Baker Mayfield? You'd have to, right? I'm not saying it's ideal. I'm not saying it's perfect. Far from it. But what are your options? He is a former number one pick. He kind of knows that system. You'd have to look at that. And if you're Baker Mayfield, can you imagine? I mean, that, that is some Cliff Kingsbury falling forward bleep right there. Can you imagine getting cut, cut by the Panthers and ending up in Frisco with that defense, with all those weapons, with that coach, with that system, with a look at it. And I'm not saying he beats out Mr. Irrelevant. And in and of itself, how crazy is that? Like I said, could you imagine the former number one pick overall backing up the former last pick overall? Incredible. And then again, why would they release Baker? What? Because he was that bad on the field? Because he was... Headbutting his own lineman coming off the field. Way to wind up in concussion protocol. Yeah. Even though you don't get into the game. Or, or with the 49ers. And a chance to win it all. I wonder what Christian McCaffrey had to say about all this. Because you know they went to him. Hey, what's Bake like? What kind of a teammate is he like? He's probably having like flashbacks and panic attacks. Oh my God, are we back in Carolina? Either way, a bummer. You know, major bum out for the Niners, but, you know, they're not giving up on the year, obviously. They're 8-4, and four, and again, maybe the best defense in the NFL, some amazing weapons offensively, great coach, great system, and maybe Mr. Irrelevant made some plays. I'm telling you. Let me say it another way of putting this. He looked a hell of a lot better than Deshaun Watson did. A hell of a lot better. Watson? That Watson. How about seeing that guy back on the field? That was more than kind of a bum out. That was just kind of nauseating. Watching Deshaun Watson out there yesterday was essentially like watching Space Jam 2. In fact, it might have been worse. The big picture of the entire situation was nauseating. So was his play. I mean, yes, I understand that Deshaun Watson had not played a game in about 700 days which, by the way, is his fault and his doing. So miss me with the rust excuse, all right? Miss me with that rust excuse. Lose me with any excuse. He was in that position because of his own doing. The Browns, and so are the Browns. They gave this dude the biggest contract guaranteed in NFL history, and then he comes out and he looks like cringerous, only worse. I'll tell you what, the guy looked like half the quarterback that Jacoby Brissett has been this year. He was that bad. Watson was straight garbage. And frankly, garbage. that's not even fair to garbage. Garbage. Cleveland threw for 130 yards, and they had six passing first downs against one of the worst teams ever. It almost seemed like at times that Deshaun forgot that he was no longer on the Texans anymore. Because he kept throwing it straight to the Texans. Like that first quarter pick in the end zone. Or that time that he nearly threw it backwards for a Houston touchdown. 
How about when Houston was up 5 nothing in that game at one point? Good times. Hey, Jim Rome here. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. An egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. You can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. I'm not kidding. Try a pizza on the egg. It'll amaze you. Stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It's a ceramic marvel backed by a lifetime warranty. It's simple to light, easy to use, and it works without a power source, so there's no need to plug anything in. And with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. It also makes an amazing gift, and they have two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's BigGreenEgg.com, and you will thank me later. Watson was so bad, so horrendous, that it's miraculous that the Browns won so easily. And the only reason they did was because the Texans are that pathetic. Cleveland was pathetic, but the Texans are that much worse. And, of course, after the game, Watson just made it worse. Again, another equally gross and nauseating display after the game. Again, refusing to talk about anything other than his crap play. Well, except for this one nugget that I think pretty much says it all. Like I said, I was just excited to be back on the field today. Um, I did everything that I was asked and was required to do. Um, I did all that. Um, and, you know, they were, I was able to be able to play and be on the field today. Yeah, finally some honesty, right? At least he's finally being honest. I mean, not about what actually happened during those massages. Not about anything that he actually did off the field. Or any of the work that he's done on himself. I mean, he was honest about, yep, they told me what I had to do to get back on the field, and that's what I did, and nothing more. Just enough to get back on the field. But no, I'm not going to answer anybody about anything that I don't want to talk about. Now, if he thinks that's going to make people stop asking, he's got another thing coming to him because he still hasn't answered any of those questions. And until he does, folks are going to just keep firing away. As far as his play on the field, like, I knew he'd look bad. I just didn't think that he would look that bad. I mean, so much worse than I ever imagined. Of course he'll get better, but it's hard to imagine that he will ever justify that ridiculous contract that they signed him to and justify all that draft capital that they gave up to get him. No, I did not expect this guy to be Patrick Mahomes. But again, I did not expect him to be half the player Jacoby Brissett's been this year either. But that's pretty much what he was. Cringerous. And the Broncos cannot believe how bad of a decision the Browns made when they brought Watson in and guaranteed him more money than any player ever. The guy was that horrible. And don't think that everything is just going to come together now that he got that start against Houston out of the way. Because there's that school of thought too. Like, we just have to get this guy back. And we have to get the Houston game out of the way. Once we get the Houston game out of the way, he'll loosen up. The stadium was half empty. Like, nobody gave a damn. Barely anybody even watched. So that's not what that was either. So that was bad, Cleveland. He was so much worse than I expected. However, there is a former number one pick and a national champion who is balling the hell out and is frankly... Much, much easier to pull for. In fact, impossible not to pull for. Ask James Big Head Kelly. Ask Bengals normal-sized head girl. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. Ask Big Head Kelly or Bengals girl if, in fact, you can even tell the two apart. We play the Titans on Sunday. <laughs> Jamar Chase isn't even a sure thing, and I miss him. <laughs> but then, even if we get past that one, well, then we got the Kansas City Chiefs. 
but, 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 but you own them. You own Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You beat both of them. Turn that frown upside down. And he came back. Dang it, it's fine. It's better than fine. I'm telling you, the big head and Bengals girl, they love them some Joe Burrow. Hell, so do I. Because, because he's so easy to love and respect. He's one of the coolest dudes ever. Am I right, Jimmy Ed? It's not a, but it's not about you. And what are you unhappy about? Look at your guy. Look at your team. Look at yourself. Don't make it about you. He's still the king. Let me tell you about this dude. Joe Cool reminded the entire world again yesterday why he is still the king. Cincinnati just got a massive win over Mahomes and the Chiefs. Another massive win over them both. Essentially, they do own the Chiefs these days. Yesterday was the third time that Cincinnati has topped Kansas City this calendar year. They got him in week 17 back in January, then in the AFC Championship game, and then they came back and they did them again yesterday. The Chiefs may own essentially the rest of the league right now, but right now the Bengals own the Chiefs on and off the field. What did I tell you? And don't sleep on this either. What did I tell you about Bengals defense coordinator Lou Anarumo? I told you he was a stud. What up, Lou? And you know what? I probably did that in the pod. But I did say it. I did say it. And it turns out Justin Reed did not. A lot of these guys or some of these guys were talking about what was going to happen, running their mouths, and then it didn't happen. And they didn't back it up. Justin Reed, for instance, did not lock down Higgins or Higby. Whatever. However, you probably should figure out who you're going to lock down before you talk junk about him before the game. They have 88 um, Higby. What's his name? It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Higby and Higgins. Uh They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver, too. More of a finesse type of guy. I'm going to lock him down. Wow. I mean, if you knew his name and you just did that as a diss, it's kind of funny. I do that sometimes. But it sounded like he didn't know the guy's name. Higby. They got what's-his-face coming back. What's-his-face. Never mind that they've got the best trio of receivers in the game. They've got what's-his-face coming back. Higgum. Higby. Higginson. Higby. Higbird. Higby. Hogan. Higby. Hawkinson. Higby. 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 So that was Justin Reed's incredibly underwhelming smack last week. And then here is the aforementioned Higby. Er, Higgins. Catching the dagger first down on an absolute laser shot from Joey B to clinch the win. Pressure. to get that reception with Joshua Williams all over him. And that should do it. You know why? Because that's what Higby does. Higby's known for making plays like that. Higby. That's why you get Higby the ball. Higby. Because T. Higby Higby. will ruin you. Higby. And Joe Cool knows it. Joe Cool doing Joe Cool things. As always, it's going to take a lot more than crappy smack to slow this dude down because... The Bengals are once again rolling downhill. And the last time this happened, they rolled all the way to the damn Super Bowl because of guys like, well, Higby. Higby. I'm talking with Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com, who is describing the businesses that have benefited from a tax refund via the Employee Retention Credit, the ERC through the IRS. What kind of companies have come through as a result of hearing me talk about this message on the air? Can you give me some examples? We have a uh, Best Pizza. It's in Brooklyn, New York, 12 employees. We were able to qualify them for $56,000. We were able to gap another $56,000 for them, and they were ecstatic. We had a medical professional company in San Diego with 250 employees 
at $3.5 million. Their workforce was deemed non-essential by the government. And so they had a huge revenue decrease and that's how they qualified. And they, they are one of the groups that really maximized this credit. We've got a group in Kansas that's also an employment agency. They've got 72 employees. We able to get them $167,000. And that's just three of the companies that OmegaTaxCredits.com has helped. There is time still for you to apply and determine if your small business qualifies for a tax refund like this. You've weathered the pandemic and the economy, so see if you qualify. OmegaTaxCredits.com. Walker Zimmerman is my guest. Walker, it's really good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's great. It's great on this end. Really good to have you. So I would imagine it's going to take a little bit of time for you to fully process what went down, but how would you personally characterize the 2022 World Cup experience and what were your biggest takeaways? It really is a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, this is something that everyone on the team has been chasing their entire career. So to to get there, to play on the world's biggest stage is an accomplishment. But at the same time, it's it's weird because it's coupled with the disappointment of of not, you know, accomplishing your ultimate goal of winning the World Cup. So uh, really proud of the group. It's a, a special group of players, a young group of players, and a lot of a lot of talent on that team. So. We'll be back and uh, excited for 2026. Walker Zimmerman's joining us. You know, from where I'm sitting, there was no just happy to be here. No, we got out of the group stage. We're playing with house money. Like, what was the mood like after the loss? How hard did guys take it? We, we took it hard. Uh, you know, we were proud of, of what we had done, but it just felt like we, like I said, came up short of our ultimate goal. And we felt like the way that we were playing, um, the, the chances that we felt like we could create uh, on this team. We felt like we could have gone further. And so uh, we hope that we inspired um, a lot of young Americans to to pick up the sport, to keep chasing the sport or their dream of becoming pro in this sport. And uh, ultimately we want it to grow. So we wanted to leave a, a legacy that would change the way the world views American soccer. I hope we were able to do that in some capacity, um, but we'll kind of see how, how momentum goes the next four years. Walker Zimmerman's my guest. Walker, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you that very question because Greg Berhalter has been saying all along that that's been just the goal, to change the way the world views American soccer. You just touched on it, but do you think that goal was accomplished? Yeah, I, th I think it was. I think you look at the way that we played uh, in these four games and the control that we were able to have. Uh, it was a little bit different than the years past where Maybe you think, oh, wow, they they were they were fortunate to get through this group. And now it's like, no, we expect to get through the group. We expect to be able to actually play uh, against some of the best teams in the world. And so even the way that we were able to go about our business, go about our work against whether it's England or the Netherlands, I think there's uh, people can see that there's a, a growing talent here in the United States. You know, I was talking about Greg Berhalter. What do you think of Greg as a coach and what's it like playing for him? He's been great. I think since Greg came in uh, on day one, he's done a lot for the culture of this team. Um, he's helped us become such a, a connected group of individuals that would, you know, be completely selfless for one another and believe in the entire team. So from that regard, he's been amazing. Um, and, and then obviously, you know, the results have come as well with with winning Gold Cup, winning Nations League. Uh, obviously, advancing out of the group um, isn't the ultimate goal, but that's another big accomplishment. So. Um, he's done a lot in the past four years, uh, and so it's been it's been an honor to play for him and to play for this country. Walker Zimmerman joining us. Walker, what do you think is going to happen? I know, for instance, this is not your call, but his contract is up in a month. Would you like to see him continue as coach? Yeah, I, I mean, he's the one who gave me a chance, really, uh, getting a lot of games in with the national team. Uh, I know I started under under Bruce, but. Um, he's done a lot for a lot of players, uh, whether that's in MLS or abroad. And um, and I mentioned all all the things about the culture of this group and that winning mentality. I think we get a lot of that from Greg. So whatever he decides to do, um, you know, we'll be we'll be thinking of him and, and hoping that he can make a decision that he feels good about. Um, I know we'll feel good about it. Um, and we wish him all the best in that process. But I know that can't be easy either. Uh, coming off of a, a World Cup as a coach and then having to figure out what's next. Um, it's not an easy decision. So we're uh, we're proud of him and, and thankful that he kind of selected us as players. And um, we'll see what happens. You know, my, my feeling is I'm trying to be as objective as possible, but I'll just say it for the record. I love the guy. I love the guy. And I know the guy 
and I'm friendly with him. I would love to see him continue. I'd love to see him get a chance to finish what he started. I know that you guys wanted a different kind of result, but there's so many positives to take from this whole thing. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. In fact, it seems to me, Walker, the U.S. took a big step. While there is still plenty of work to do, do you think the plan is in place and the talent is there that eventually we or Team USA will be amongst the so-called giants? Does that feel inevitable to you? It does. Yeah, it does. And I think that we took huge strides uh, in this World Cup with, again, I mentioned the way that we went about uh, these games. And I think, you know, you look at the talent of this group, the youth of this group, that in four years, um, a lot of guys are going to have World Cup experience. And this one, we had one player with World Cup experience. And we're going to have a lot of guys hopefully returning, um, hopefully continuing to evolve into uh, better players, playing on on bigger club teams and bigger games. And so I think that's going to um, work really well for us in 2026. You, know, you made an amazing play and stop at your time in the win over Iran with that clearance as the ball trickled behind Matt Turner. Can you take me back? What do you remember about that sequence that saved the match? Honestly, it was just being being in the moment, seeing uh, what could possibly happen and then uh, anticipating the worst. And as soon as it went through his legs, I was in a, a good spot to react and was able to seal that win for us uh, that pushed us into the groups, into the knockout stage. So uh, a great moment for me, um, great moment for the team, obviously, you know, reaching that milestone goal of getting out of the group. But um, yeah, again, anytime you're out there representing your country in a World Cup, it's it's hard to be disappointed. Hey, Walker, what's that like? You mentioned that a couple of times right now. You've played at a really high, high level and you've accomplished so much, but playing for country, what is that like? Can you express what that means to you? It's immense pride. Um, I think one of the things that caught me off guard in Qatar was, you know, the staff presented us with a unique number of uh, with a, a jersey. And so mine, for example, was 152. I was the 152nd American uh, in over the 200 years of us you know, being a country to represent the United States in World Cup. And when you think about that and now think that after this, you know, 2022 World Cup, we have 160 odd something players who have had that opportunity, uh, that that makes it uh, so special. And you realize how unique it is to, to get that opportunity. And, and you're so grateful. So knowing that I'm representing more than just myself, uh, my family, but to, to represent an entire country, I, I take that. I don't take that honor for granted. And I, it gives me extreme pride. What incredible perspective that is. What That's a really heady thing. Number 152 after all that time. Now, we've known that Christian Pulisic for a long time and what he's capable of, what the upside is, his, you know, just star potential, that orbit, that universe that he kind of floats around in. What do you think it meant for him to score that signature goal the way he did on the global stage against Iran? And I preface that by saying, I love what he said, that up until now, this might be my moment. I hope it's not the only one. But what do you think it meant for him to score that goal the way he did on that stage? I think it's so well-deserved. You know, he's a guy who has had the pressure of an entire country uh, and their expectations on him since he was 17 and, and you know, getting his first cap for the national team. So after the heartbreak of, of him not, you know, competing in 2018 World Cup and to get that chance to, to come out here, you know, playing some of the best football of his career and then to, to have that moment for us um, to put his body on the line, sacrifice himself for the team, uh, that's just you know, exactly who Christian Pulisic is. He's going to do whatever it takes to win the game. And that's why I think all of his teammates respect him, uh, appreciate him, and couldn't have been happier for him in that moment to for sure accomplish a goal of his, which is scoring in a World Cup. Hmm. So, Walker, what was Qatar like? What was the experience like for you to play there? It, it was awesome. You know, I had never really you know played a lot of soccer in the Middle East before. I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, we... Obviously, U.S. soccer and the Federation did an, an unbelievable job with our setup, uh, the hotel and the training grounds, um, the family program, the way that they made us feel completely at home. And and the first message we got when we got there was unpack your bags. You know, we want to be here until December 19th. And so I think we had that mentality, that mindset. But uh, the people that we encountered, um, the way that, you know, all the 
support staff around the hotel and the training facilities. Uh, you can see the joy on their faces every time that we showed up and that meant a lot to us. So uh, overall, it was a great experience. Uh, a lot of really awesome people that that supported us and made this happen. So um, first World Cup in the Middle East, I would say uh, a big success goes out to them. So let me finally ask you, like, you're sharp, dude. You, you are really sharp right now. I'm curious when you put in and you sacrifice exactly what you did along with everybody else and you grind that hard and you get out and you get to the knockout stage and you and I are having this conversation right now. I'm really taken by how sharp you are. Does this all hit you at one point? Like, what's it like? Is it sunk in yet? Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm still riding the high of the experience and and accomplishing something that you're right I've been working for my entire life, especially the last 4 years and and it's hard for a lot of people to understand those sacrifices. Um but that's that's what makes it special when your friends and family are there and they know everything that you've kind of gone through. Um but I I think in the next couple of days when I finally get back home to Nashville and um, kind of have a second to take a breath that I can appreciate all those things a little bit more and, and it will sink in. Uh, Cause right now you're still kind of in the mix of the disappointment of losing and, and not accomplishing your ultimate goal. But at the same time, you're proud uh, of yourself for, for getting to a world cup. So it's a fine balance. I, I haven't figured it out yet. But I'm sure in the next couple of days, I'll have time to reflect, and uh, it'll really sink in. I think that's extremely well said. That was not the result necessarily that you were looking for, but there's so much to be proud of. He is a center back for the U.S. men's national team and Nashville SC. I ran down the other stats. A two-time MLS Defender of the Year, three-time MLS All-Star, Walker Zimmerman joining us on the program. Walker, I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Richard Sherman joins me. Richard, what's going on? How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good, dude. Good. I want to talk to you about your new docuseries, and you know we will. Let me get your thoughts really quickly on a few things, though, if you don't mind. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered that season-ending ankle injury Devastating break, obviously. Niners did dig deep. They held a good Miami team, but they've got much bigger goals than that, right? So if you're the Niners, how do you move forward without Garoppolo the rest of the season? Um, I think I think if anybody can weather it, it's them because of the defense that they have and the, the system that Kyle Shanahan has in place. I think Jimmy Garoppolo um, is – I mean, it, it hurts, you know, because he's a friend. Uh, he's a good player. I'm sure his teammates are hurting for him. Um, but – I think that's why they kept Brock Purdy. Um, they they saw something in him um, throughout the offseason um, that he could back him up, and he's backed him up the entire season. I think they definitely are going to have to get a veteran quarterback. They went out and got Josh Johnson. Um, I think if, if Shanahan's built to weather this storm, you know he'll he'll draw the plays up. He'll keep it simple. He'll he'll get the ball to his playmakers in space and allow them to to make it work and try his best to uh, avoid putting him in situations where he has to take shots and take risks. Richard Sherman is joining us. Richard, so Baker Mayfield wanted a release reportedly from Carolina, and he got it. Does that make sense to you? If you're the 49ers, do you bring him in, and would he be a better option than Purdy? No. No, you do not. You do not. You do not. You do not. You do not bring him in. Um, I don't – I do not believe in Baker Mayfield. I, You know, I, I, I get sick of these guys, these first-round top picks, getting opportunity after opportunity regardless of how bad they play. I don't think – I think you give Brock Purdy. He played solid against the Miami Dolphins, a tough defense to play against, especially with the pressure they bring. Uh, he'll face Todd Bowles this week, will be, which will be a tougher defense than he faced. Um, but I, 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 I think if you treated Brock – if you treated um, 
Baker Mayfield, like mystery relevant, our fifth round pick, our practice squad quarterback, and looked at his body of work and looked at how he's played. And you wouldn't be you wouldn't be having a conversation about giving him another opportunity. And I think that's where everyone gets caught up in saying, oh, the pedigree or the ceiling or what he did in college or what has he done in the National Football League? He's had some solid seasons. He had some solid seasons in, in Cleveland. Um, but I don't think the 49ers uh, risk what they have um, and put it in Baker Mayfield's hands. I don't see that happening. Richard, I am not surprised by sharp, incisive commentary from you. I'm curious, now that you're on the other side, I mean, you come up as a young guy, you play the game, you play the game at a really high level, you deal with the media, you watch the media, the world's changing, the media's changing. Now you're on the other side. How do you like this process? How do you like this side of the game, the work? I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, you watch tape just about the same. You you understand it. You analyze it. Um, you just don't got to stop nobody. You know, I don't got to go out there and stop it. I just got to tell people how they should be stopped or what they should do to stop them. Uh, and that makes it a lot different for me. Um, and on game day, uh, when we're out there, we're, we're analyzing the game, but you don't you don't have a winner or a loser. You walk out of the game. You didn't win. You didn't lose. Um, you know, you did your best. You, 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 you explained it as best you can and you go home. Um, body's not sore. You know, so it's a little different, but um, I'm enjoying it. Richard Sherman joining us. All right, so really quickly, Philadelphia pounded the Titans. They go to 11-1. and one. You know, the biggest concern about Philadelphia had been their run defense. How impressed were you with the way they shut down Derrick Henry and held the Titans to only 87 rushing yards? Yeah, I mean, that, that was incredible. I mean, I think you, you got to give credit um, that they're adjusting. You know, they Linville, Joseph, and, and, and Sue coming in. Uh, that's what they do. <laughs> they don't move. You know, they don't move. They don't let people run the ball on them. And I think there, there's, there was enough humility there uh, in Philadelphia to understand, hey, this is the issue. We got to find a way to address it. And they addressed it. And their defense is playing fantastic offensively all day, always open. A.J. Brown, you know, having his revenge game. Devontae Smith having one of his best games of, of the season. And Jalen Hurts looking like an MVP candidate. I mean, shoot, it's all working for him. Richard Sherman joining us for a few more moments. Let me ask you really quickly about Lamar Jackson. He left that game yesterday. He did not come back, Richard. The Ravens win. Obviously, he's playing for a contract right now. What advice would you have for him? How should he handle this going forward? Uh, I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, he should handle it like like the Baltimore Ravens have handled it. You protect. You do what's best for your business. The Baltimore Ravens felt like what's best for their business is to not give him a contract extension as of now to not because they he wants too much guaranteed money and they're going to franchise him next season. So you do what's best for you and protect your brand. You're, you're going into free agency. Do you, do you go out there and risk it for a team that was not willing to take risks for you? And that's a question he has to ask himself at this close to free agency. Hey, you want to go out there and, and put your body on the line on a playoff run where you're not going to make a ton of money and, and try to win a team a Super Bowl that doesn't that doesn't want to give you the money or the security going forward. So, I don't know. I mean, that's how I, I see it. It's got it's got to be kind of a tough thing, right? Like he doesn't want to let his teammates down, but he's got to look out for himself. So, what does the guy do? I mean, you're not suggesting that he shut it down, or are you? Well, I'm I'm, I'm saying he's already going to be shut down for for a while. They're saying it's going to likely be weeks. I don't know what the injury is. They just said knee injury, so it could be MCL. But usually, when they say that sprained knee, it's usually an MCL, and usually an MCL is four to six. Right. Um, and that's at minimum. You know, I don't, but I don't know what it is. So if you're saying it's four to six, the season will just to be be about over. So if they're in playoff position, do you go out there and say, hey? I'm going to step back in for the playoffs and try to give my team the best because that's the hard thing as a player. As an organization, they don't think about like, oh, letting my teammates down or whatever. They do what's best for the organization. Hey, if I need to cut a player, if I need to pick up a player, if I need to, to, to hey, a player's not playing up to his contract and he has three years left and we need to cut him, they're going to do what's best for that organization. A, a player always has to think about the personal connection to his teammates and the guys he sacrificed with. And so that all has to go into consideration where a team can just be cutthroat and the fans will believe the fans will be like, yeah, that's exactly. We had to do that because, but when a player does something that's best for the players, like what he's being selfish, he's being like, is the team not being selfish in those regards? I don't know. Richard Sherman joining us. All right. So you got a brand new show called the league, a really interesting concept. What is this about the league? It's a it's an audio series talking about the untold stories of National Football League. I mean, you everything from Tom Brady's jersey getting stolen in the background about how the guy went back to Mexico with the jersey, and I mean, it's incredible stuff that I had never heard. As I'm as I'm 
um, doing the series and, and, and narrating it, I was learning as, as we went. And uh, it was really cool to learn about the draft and how it used to be the wild, wild west. And you got guys getting flown, you know, to teams that didn't draft them and, and kidnapped basically. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy what the league was versus what it is now. So uh, I think fans would really enjoy it if they, if they took a listen at some of the stories and, and learn a lot. <laughs> that is wild. What else? Is there another ep or another episode or two that comes to mind that you really liked? Um, I mean, th- those are the two that come to mind. I mean, we're, it, it, we we go deep into – and they, they use other analysts. They use college professors. They use ex-players. They use everybody, ex-coaches. I mean, they even talk about the story of, of could the best college football team beat the worst NFL team. And you know that conversation comes up every single year. It's coming up now where they're talking about Georgia could could beat the Texans. And it's like, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I hear you, but – That'd be a long day for those Georgia kids. You know, these are grown, grown men. And you would realize that as the game progressed, grown men would come out and you'd be like, oh, okay, these are kids versus grown men. And it's different. I think that's fascinating you just said that because I was having that very same conversation on this show last week. And I said, never, ever, 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 ever could the best college team beat even the worst pro team ever, ever. Is that the way you see it? That's exactly the way I see it. I mean, you're talking about pros versus amateurs. And and some of these amateurs, right. Some of these amateurs will be pros, but like this is a team full of them. This is a team full of the best of the best of the best of the best. This is like an all-star college team maturing and 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 developing. These these people have kids and they're grown men and they're gonna hit you harder than you've ever been hit. They're gonna push you different than you've ever been pushed. It's gonna be different. This show is called The League. You want to make sure you check it out. Richard, really quickly before you go, what did you make of Deshaun Watson? He had not played in about 700 days. He looked like it. Can you see the Browns making any kind of run or anything really significant happening this season with him under center? No, but I, I think you, you you leave him out there and let him continue to, to grow and let him continue to get the kinks out. I mean, 700 days is, too, is a long time for anybody, any position to be sitting out. If you talk about a corner sitting out for 700 days or offensive alignment and coming back, you would expect some rust, but you also have to grow through it. And thankfully their defense showed up in a big way and they got the punt return touchdown. And so they were able to, to overcome that, but you have to let him, let him go out there and knock the rust off two years of rust, no training camps in two years, like for other positions is tough, but this quarterback is the toughest position to get to speed. You know, we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo earlier in the season. They were like, he's struggling. He's struggling. It's like, well, because you guys were about to trade him and didn't let him practice at all. And then coming into the season, you keep him and now he's practicing, but he still doesn't have the training camp foundation to allow him to get up to speed. And as the season progressed, you saw him get sharper and sharper and sharper. And I expect the same to happen with Deshaun Watson, except it's been a lot longer. He is the co-host of a new Amazon docuseries. It's called The League. You want to make sure you find that. An NFL analyst for Amazon Prime Video, Super Bowl champ, and a five-time All-Pro. He is Richard Sherman. Sherman, appreciate you very much. Great to have you back on. Thanks for doing that. I appreciate you. Anytime. Good to see you again. Like, it's hard to believe, but it's happening. Coach Prime is a Colorado Buffalo. Like, I cannot believe they got this guy. And moreover, I really cannot believe that he wanted that gig. But now that it's happening, I can't look away. I can't take my eyes off it. It's incredible. I mean, it's, I am far away from this, and it's only now starting, but it's amazing to see what's already happened over the weekend alone. Deion Sanders instantly made Colorado arguably the most interesting program in America. Yeah, I said that about Colorado. The same Colorado that just rattled off a 1-11 and season. The same Colorado is now the most fascinating program in the country. And another thing is for damn sure, it's going to be the most prime program in the country. Because as big a get as this is for Colorado, the stipulation that comes along with this, and there are a few, is that it is now prime show. Forget kid gloves. There is no way anybody is going to tell Prime on what he can and can't do or what to do or how to do it. Even he may not necessarily know what to do or how to do it because he's only coached three seasons. Remember that. This is his first Power 5 shot. And there are a lot of coaches, experienced coaches, guys with a lot more experience than him that massively failed at Colorado. Yet, there's nobody else like him, right? You can find coaches with a lot more experience, but you can't find people 
in any walk of life that are quite like this guy with his it, with his charisma, with his personality, with his ability to motivate, inspire, persuade. Different dude. You know, we are talking about somebody who is a legend in the NFL. We are talking about somebody who is a all-star in Major League Baseball. Guy that nobody thought would do well as a coach who's just crushing it and coached his way into this opportunity. And the coach prime experience is going to be one of a kind. We know this already. It's only been a couple of days, and it's already off to a wild start. For instance, the way Dion introduced his new quarterback, his own son. Where is Shador? Shador? And this is your quarterback. He's going to have to earn it. Don't believe that. He's... He's going to have to earn it. I mean, it's hilarious. Prime, what do you mean he's going to have to earn it? You just introduced him as your new quarterback. Hey, where's Shador? Shador, here he is. Here's your new quarterback. Now, now, hold up. He's going to have to earn it. But you just introduced him as your new quarterback. He's going to have to earn it. Yeah, sure, whatever you say. I mean, hell yes, it's extremely unusual for a Power 5 coach to walk into his intro presser with the team's new star quarterback already in tow. And that new star quarterback is the coach's son. But that's part of the deal you get with Coach Prime. An extremely unusual person and situation and approach. Prime's approach. Prime's rules. Hell, in the announcement alone, I think they called him Coach Prime eight times. The school. Now, is it going to work on this level with one of the most beaten down programs in the country? I don't know. But I cannot wait to find out. Because there is no other dude like this who shows up day one with his son, announces him as the starting quarterback, although he has to earn it, and then meets with his new team and straight up encourages them to hit the portal, which I also respect. You know, coaches can do whatever the hell they want. They come and they go as they please. This guy's like telling them straight up, hey, hey, y'all, watch this. See that portal over there? If I were you, I would go investigate. I'd go, in fact, I'd run to it. Anybody else would probably try to re-recruit who they have. Not Prime. Like, I don't want to speak for him at all. But he's probably thinking to himself, re-recruit? Re-recruit what, man? They were 1-11. What the hell would I want to keep any of this for? It's not all their fault. But they were 1-11. He all but told them, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Listen to this amazing quote. We have a few positions already taken care of. Because I'm bringing my own luggage with me, and it's Louie. End of quote. That's an incredible thing to say publicly. (laughs) Or even to the players personally. Like, I so respect it, man. The guy's just shooting straight. He's being real. We have a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my own luggage with me, and it's Louie. As in Louis V. As in Louis Vuitton. And y'all are a bunch of Samsonite, all right? Busted up Samsonite with duct tape, keeping it closed, banging around the carousel. Your zippers don't work, and the whole thing is being held shut by silver electric duct tape. Wheels fell off years ago. They're dragging you through the airport. I hate to say that about college kids. I really do. But, I mean, the guy just said it. Got my own luggage, yo, and it's Louie. He then followed that up with, quote, So I want you all to get ready to go jump in the portal and get whatever you're going to get because the more of you jump in, the more room you make. Wait, what? I think what he just said was, The more of you who leave, the less I have to worry about you being here And the more that I can fill those spots with, because believe me, I can fill them with better than what I have right now. 
This is real now. This is real talk. Again, not anything that you would ever hear out of anybody else's mouth other than, quote, Coach Prime. And myself, I'm not big on this. Have you ever noticed that when I interview coaches, I don't call them coach? You know why? They're not my coach. I don't play for them. But I got no problem calling this guy Coach Prime. Look at, I mean, look at Coach Prime. His mouth is the only mouth that matters right now in Boulder. Right now. Right now. We'll see how it goes. Now, how Boulder is going to feed that mouth is a little bit murky, like I said. They've got to finance that higher. And the AD admitted, we don't have the money just yet. But there's no way that Coach Prime takes that job if he doesn't think that the money's coming. I mean, what? They're going to drop an IOU on him? We're good for it. We're good for it. But cash could be an issue. Not that Dion is pressed for paper. I don't think that's the case. But he was making a reported 300 gur at Jackson State. And he just got raised to roughly $5 million per. And I don't know too many people who are turning down a raise like that. Even if you have other choices. And I'm still a little bit shocked that he's taking this on. I know why they want him. Like I said, for $5 million per. If he can rebuild that football program and build even greater visibility for that university, that is such a cheap price to pay. That is such a good investment for that school. And I don't mean for the football program or even the athletic department. I mean for the entire university. But the fit is kind of strange, isn't it? Dion. Like Dion in the Rocky Mountains. It's fascinating, the whole thing. And they're still paying the dude that they paid more money to than anybody they'd ever paid before in Carl Durrell. As far as him encouraging guys on the roster to go to the portal, apparently they're listening. Every quarterback on the roster is already in the portal. Why not? He just introduced his son as the starting quarterback. They probably were climbing over each other to get to the portal. He's going to have to earn it. He is? I don't think. I think you just announced him as the day one starter. I think you just announced him as QB1, quarterback, right? which is fine. What do you mean he's going to have to earn it? He's going to have to earn it. So how are they going to afford all this? How do you pay for this? Because not only do you have to pay the guy, you're going to have to pay the guy's staff too. So the official athletic department response to that question was essentially, eh, let's not get into that just yet. How did you come up with enough money to get this guy? Well, look, we don't have the money yet, but I know we'll have it. Um, so I'm not worried about that piece. Isn't that a fascinating thing to hear? And I'm sure they don't. All these other schools are scratching these just crazy checks to make guys go away. To not coach. Like unlimited money. Here's 10 mil. Man, beat it. Get the hell out of here. And then what they're saying is, we got our guy, but we can't afford to pay him. You've got schools paying so much more money to other coaches to get them to go away. This is going to be incredible. Why else would I be talking about Colorado football the way I am right now? That in and of itself is worth $5 million a year, even if they don't have it and they're not exactly sure where they're going to get it. They know. They may not have it, but they know. There's no way this guy's coming if they don't know how they're going to pay him. I don't think they're going to pay him in crypto. Good night now!